0: Namaste. Kia ora. Hola. Sayonara. Bonjour. Ni
1: Arrivederci. Hello. Welcome to the EAOD Conversation podcast. My name is Kate Harris, and I'm the EAOD Education Advisor for Cater 6 with the New South Wales Department of Education. Today, I am joined by Kerry Kui and Mary Callis. Kerry and Mary are both EAOD Education Leaders. Kerry works in Regional South, and Mary works in Metropolitan South and West. And both Kerry and Mary are accredited at highly accomplished levels. So welcome, Mary and Kerry, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Kate. Lovely to be here. Thanks, Kate. Today, we're going to be talking about higher levels of accreditation, and particularly focusing in on EALD specialist teachers and how they can go about obtaining their higher levels of accreditation. And as I just mentioned, both M- Mary and Kerry are accredited at Highly Accomplished, and they were both in EALD roles when they completed their accreditation. In the previous episode, we spoke to Dr. Kathy Rushton about the EALD elaborations for the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers. So I'm really interested in how the elaborations can be used by EALD specialists who are considering or applying for higher levels of accreditation.
0: This is something that I'm really passionate about getting or gaining HALT accreditation within the EALD role. So I'm really pleased that we can be talking about these and just also be linking the elaborations as a support tool as well for when you're developing your own um, evidence sets. And so what I found was that there were quite a few of the elaborations, the EALD elaborations that I could use within my evidence sets just to support the standards. So of course, we have to use the Australian professional standard at highly accomplished or LEAD level. You, you must be addressing that. But it was very helpful for me to actually add it in to just deepen the knowledge of the assessor in my role in EALD. So a good example that lent itself to this was uh, 1.2.3 for me being highly accomplished, expand understanding of how students learn using research and workplace knowledge. Now that's very broad, and obviously depending on the field that you're in, is to as to, you know, what research and workplace knowledge that brings. And so I looked at the elaboration then and I'll just read that out. It says apply and articulate to colleagues a deep understanding of EALD learning progressions in particular, and of course also of current research into how learners concurrently learn EALD, so learn English as an additional language learn subject area content through language learning and also learning about the language. And so when I related this in in my evidence set, it became obvious that a lot of the research that I had been looking at was around EALD students. And this kind of, I think for the assessor would have explained and uh, because, you know, they're not always in your particular role. So it it could have been um, a highly accomplished or lead. Um, classroom teacher that was looking at at my evidence sets, and so what I wanted to do was e- evaluate my own practice against the elaborations, help the assessor understand where I was coming from from my practice as an EALD specialist, and also then of course bring that back to the original um, Australian Professional Standard for one point two point three. So you can see that you know number one, you have to step start with the Australian standard. Then as you develop your evidence set and um, bring in your specialization, if there is one, it's good to then read the elaboration and to embed that into your evidence set. And so that's what I did. Thanks, Kerry. So it sounds like the elaborations give you almost
1: like an overlay to provide a bit more specialist knowledge or some specialist ideas within your role to make it easier to unpack The Australian Professional Standards for Teachers. Would that be right?
0: Yes, that is a perfect summary, pretty much of what I've I've just said, and I like that idea of an overlay, and uh, it's it's a really good support and um, and solid foundation to be able to bring that in as well. Perfect. So the Australian Professional Standards often uses the phrases
1: supports all students, and across the full range of abilities, and I think sometimes EALD. Specialist teachers will look at these and think, hmm, how can I show that my work actually does this? So how could an EAOD specialist show that their work does cater for the needs of all students?
2: We need to highlight the key words and phrases, and especially the verbs in the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers, and these are really important to unpack in an evidence set. And across your submission, if you're going for highly accomplished or lead, we have to show how we support across the full range of abilities. So we need to be mindful that we also need to support our colleagues in order to do that, and it could be through co-teaching, team teaching, facilitating professional learning for colleagues for new scheme teachers, for prac students, for executive staff, um, mentoring, working collaboratively with planning and programming, uh, creating open-ended activities that are inclusive of all students. And how do we do this as EALD uh, specialists? Obviously through high challenge and high support activities for all levels of ability. And for example, if we're doing a writing task, um, you might be showing through your learning intention success criteria, how to write in paragraphs Um, and for your extension students, they might be writing a more extended piece and they could be writing say from the point of view of a character and for students with lower ability just using the cut up sentences and creating a sentence based on the same activity that the rest of the students in the class are doing. Um, So they're not excluded from the task to do something else, but all students of all abilities to be included. And also remembering that, you know, the EALD terminology it can be mentioned, and like Kerry said before, using the EALD elaborations and how to embed the EALD terminology and how to support students o- across all ability levels. And
0: I, I'll just jump in there and um, let's just have a look at a quick elaboration in that case um, 2.1.3 and 4 that says support colleagues using current and comprehensive knowledge or for lead lead initiatives within the school to evaluate and improve knowledge and then of course uh, in that supporting colleagues. So if you were to to read that and then think okay in, in my EALD position what am I doing to support colleagues using current and comprehensive knowledge or what initiatives am I leading it's good then to go back to the elaborations and actually read through the two columns there that give you lots of ideas as to how you are doing that to support colleagues and a classic example of a lead initiative would be leading EALD education and so if you are doing that within your school you'd be looking at the elaborations just to see how that all fits in Um, but then again you know of course then you have to go back to the original Australian professional standard but there is uh, so much support there when you're reading on the elaborations as to how to formulate your words in the evidence set Uh, what kind of language to use. You're still supporting your colleagues and you're using current and comprehensive, you know, knowledge. Uh, However, what the elaborations are doing are helping you uh, with the language to use within your evidence set. I think
1: that'll be really helpful. And Mary, I liked how you talked about high challenge, high support and the different ways that you differentiate for students and support students using that kind of model. And I think that particularly will support teachers in thinking about how can we support the full range of abilities and support all students. And I know we often say what's good for EALD is good for all because there's a lot of explicit teaching in there as well. And Kerry, you mentioned too about the leading EALD education course, and I think that has a lot of opportunities to work collaboratively with teachers um, to build projects within schools that improve practice. So some really great ideas there. So the process for obtaining higher levels of accreditation is quite involved. So how do you feel EALD specialists would benefit from completing their higher levels of accreditation?
2: Well, the very first thing is its affirmation of our expertise in EALD education. And when I I was the first EALD teacher to be accredited at Highly Accomplished or LEAD, and I think Kerry was um, second. Yeah, we were doing it together at the same time, and we weren't sure if what we were doing was right. (laughs) Uh, We now know that, yes, it was. As I was going through my submission, when I was putting it together, there were lots of highs and lows, and I thought to myself, um, I don't know if what I'm doing is right, and I don't know if the reader will understand all this EALD terminology. And you know what? They do. And as long as you link it back to the standard descriptors from the Australian Professional Standards of Teachers, they do understand. And what comes through as well is as EALD teachers, we are passionate. We, we know that what we're doing is for our students and to improve student learning outcomes. So we we benefit in many ways. It affirms our expertise. It affirms our specialization in um, EALD education. We take pride in what we do in knowing our students and knowing our content of EALD and taking pride in how we teach it as well. I kept thinking that they're not they might not agree. the reader might not agree with what I'm writing, you know our our pedagogy. And you know what? <laughs> I've learnt that it is it is the best pedagogy because what works for EALD students works for all. So it has affirmed that for me. It endorses our quality teaching practices. What we do is quality. It's, it builds teacher capacity as well as improving students' learning. It also gives us choices. If you complete accreditation at the higher levels, it gives you a choice to either stay in the classroom to improve student learning outcomes and working with colleagues, or it gives you the choice of seeking career progression and promotion, it's your choice and there's nothing wrong with either. I I love being in the classroom. I love teaching. I love how it's rewarding for students and for me as well. And if you want the choice of seeking further progression in your career, you've got that choice. So by all means, highly recommend it. Carrie, what do you think? Yes, Mary, you've just you've
0: articulated that so well and uh, I remember us traveling the road together and it was a long hard journey because back in the day there wasn't that much support whereas now there is a lot more support and uh, many many more mentors that can uh, that I would encourage you to look out for and you know seek seek the a mentor to help you through the process I found it and I've always said that I found it the best professional development in my whole career I think looking over the thirty-seven standard descriptors and looking at my own work against those standard descriptors in my specialization was just so rewarding. You know, across professional knowledge, professional practice, professional engagement—it's uh, not one or the other; it's it's all of them, and it's a a really deep look into. I you know had to really deeply look into my practice. There were areas where I needed to develop it. It took some time because, you know, when I did a self-assessment, I saw that there were a couple of areas that I really needed to build experience in and build pedagogical knowledge, but that happened over that time. And as I was developing my submission, you know, my, my personal teaching development just grew exponentially as well. And the other reason why I particularly chose highly accomplished was because i too like mary said just really enjoy the classroom and i never saw myself in my whole career as being you know ap dp principal and going down that that line of leadership and i was and am a leader you know in eald however i preferred to see myself more of more of as a mentor leader and so highly, the highly accomplished accreditation really fitted in nicely with that because of the, the descriptors talking about supporting colleagues, uh, that really resonated with me more than initiating, you know, doing the big school-wide initiatives and things. So that's why I chose highly accomplished art. Uh, I really, uh, I knew I could maintain that and I knew that I could, you know, meet the standards in working with, with colleagues because that's really where my heart was and being in the classroom. And so people come with a lot of different reasons why they would do accreditation. And, you know, Mary and I have just sort of mentioned a few, but really it is just so rewarding and the opportunities are so great once you do it.
1: I'm hearing from both of you just how rewarding it can be to complete those higher levels of accreditation. And Kerry, you mentioned how it really made you reflect on your practice and think deeply about what you were doing and even some of the areas that... You needed to work on and strengthen. And Mary, you mentioned about how it really affirmed um, what you were doing. And so I think those two things kind of go hand in hand, being able to reflect on your practice, put it forward and then have that affirmation is really quite beneficial as well. So thinking about advice now, what advice would you give an EAOD specialist teacher who's looking at completing higher levels of accreditation?
2: think the very first thing, um, like Kerry mentioned just before, have a mentor, have a buddy, um, someone who has been through the process and because my biggest question was, is what I'm doing right? And Kerry and I at the time, we had no one to ask. There was no one. It was very, very lonely. So number one, have a mentor. And when you do start the journey, it's also very difficult to know how to start. A mentor can help you with that. I always suggest start off with your strengths and look at at the evidence sets first. So the very first evidence set that you put together is always the hardest. So start off with your strengths. With me, it was programming, especially in English. And so um, writing uh, programs, units was my strength and working with colleagues. Uh, so that was where I started. And I also looked at the evidence guides and unpack the, the words, the keywords, which are the verbs in the standard descriptors and the evidence guide will help you do that. And they also give examples of what kind of evidence you can use. But they are just guides because when I first picked it up, there's nothing about EALD in there, that's where the EALD um, elaborations can come in useful, where there will be examples in there for you to use. And you can use your own examples as well. When you do unpack the standard descriptors, look at the verbs for either highly accomplished or lead. So. You unpack by reflecting and explain the words, the keywords in the standard descriptors, especially the verbs, and link these with your own teaching practice, and then show the impact on teacher's capacity and most importantly, student learning. So the verbs, like if you see evaluate, there'll be a verb at the start of each standard descriptor. Evaluate, implement, take a leadership role. And the key words as well as including ICT are in some of the standard descriptors, you have to explain how you include ICT. How do you take on a leadership role? How do you implement? How do you evaluate? And your evidence sets tell a story. For example, if you're writing a program with colleagues because at Highly Accomplished and with lead you have to show how you are collaborative. Highly Accomplished you are working with you can work with at least one other colleague if you are in a small school. If you're working at lead, that's how you support colleagues across the school and also in other schools as well like in networks for example. Um, so if you're putting together an evidence set you can tell the story by showing meeting minutes program extract and the programs have to be your work not a unit that you find online so each evidence document needs to be authentic Uh, then you can have maybe um, a lesson uh, that you have created and it can be on the board it can be, um, or it can be an, something that you have created online. And if you're showing PowerPoint slides, be selective. You don't show all like 20, 30 odd slides, be selective. How are you meeting that standard done So for evidence, you can provide professional learning to colleagues. Again, be selective of the PowerPoint slides. Um, exit slip feedback from colleagues, uh, survey data, and above all, the impact on students' learning. So student work samples are really effective pieces of evidence. Can I also mention that there's a misconception from a lot of people that you need to be an executive, like you need to be at least a head teacher or an assistant principal to do highly accomplished and lead, and that's completely false, completely false. So anyone, anyone is open. Uh, yes, there are many head teachers and assistant principals or DPs that can go for highly accomplished or lead, but you know, you don't need to be an executive, um, teacher to do it.
0: Mary, that's a great overview. And I just, I did want to add a couple of um, other things. You've, you've talked a lot about putting your submission together, which is fantastic. Um, And what people need to do first is consider putting this into their PDP uh, as a goal. So you you need to make it your goal, you know, in there and have have a discussion with your uh, executive or principal, whoever it is you talk to, so that they know that you're intending to go on this journey. So put it in your PDP, speak to your principal. They need to know that you're wanting to do this. And, uh, you know, it's great to know that they're going to support you in the process and also but you need to go into NESA and download all their information, have a read of the HALT policy. And uh, there's also a lot of guiding documents that NESA has. AITSL also has a great website with information. And there's the New South Wales HALT Association now, which also is great to link in with. And then you'll also find on social media some really good advice just um, given by other HALTs. And that's also where you can find your mentor often. You can say what state you're in. Um, So that's really all I need to add to Mary's. It's great
1: to hear that there's so much support out there for any teacher who's looking at completing their higher levels of accreditation. And some of those tips um, and advice that you provided around not just the process, but also, you know, what they need to be thinking about and looking for, I think will be really beneficial for our teachers. So I just wanted to say a big thank you
0: to both of you for joining me today. Thank you, Kate. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Happy to talk about HOLP anytime. And we're very lucky to have the first and second person to complete the highly accomplished
1: in EALD specialist position. So well done to both of you on that as well. So thank you for joining us today to discuss high levels of accreditation. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the ELD Conversations Podcast. Namaste.
0: Kia ora. Hola. Sayonara. Bonjour. Ni Arrivederci.
1: Hello.